Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, and Jerry Springer. Oh. Wow. I. 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 I didn't know he was going to be here tonight. I know. If I had known, I wouldn't have yeah. shown up. <laughs> Where am I? Hey, by the way, in a few minutes, we're going to hear Jerry talk about uh, this craziness that's going on within the last week or so with Donald Trump fighting with just Republicans. Hard Everybody. fights. Everybody. Yeah. Easy fights. And uh, we're also going to hear from Blake Berglund from Canada and his band. They'll be here. They're uh, traveling traveling around the country, and we're lucky that they made a stop in Ludlow, Kentucky, and be part of our podcast. I want to personally thank them for not building a wall so yeah. we can stop. <laughs> in case Thanks, we have Canada. to make a quick escape. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jerry, you know, I've often uh, talked to you uh, sometimes critically about your judgment. <laughs> well, I, I have. It's, it's fair. Yeah. And uh, this yeah. might be another one. Yeah. Do you know Jerry who, and, and Megan, the same question, do you know who Jesus Noguera is? Turns yeah. out we do, yes. Okay, he's, he's from Cuba. He's a <laughs> yes. Cuban. He was our yeah. tour guide. When we and Cuba is we a little Cuba. different from America. And, uh, Jesus, the knowledge that you have is well, just... <laughs> well, well, I get the money school. I get. Yeah. But Jesus uh, was our tour guide when we yeah. were in Cuba. We great love guy. Jesus. He's he did a great, great job. He's very yep. smart, very funny, very interesting. He was on the yeah. show. He was on the show just a week or so ago. Uh, he's done uh, Ask the Cuban Socialist, a uh, yep. thing we do on the show yep. where we get him on the phone and people can ask questions of a actual living, breathing Cuban socialist. So He's a communist. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus comes to the United <laughs> States of America. He tours the country for three months. Jerry Springer, what does he think would be the grand finale of a three-month trip? Yes. Bring Jesus with a hired car from New York City, from Manhattan to Stamford, Connecticut, to sit in the second row of the Jerry Springer television show. <laughs> to quote from Spanish, Ace Verdad, that means, yes, is that is not true? true? Yes. Did you yeah. do that? We did that. Uh, to, uh, Today, well, today is Tuesday, so yesterday, Monday show, one of the three shows, Jesus, and which is as close as Jesus ever came to our show, <laughs> now that I think about it. That's very yeah. funny. But he was sitting in the second row. That poor because man. Because he, today, he's flying back yeah, to Cuba. Yeah, he went home today. And he, but coming to my show to see America at its best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... The, the good thing about this is he, he didn't feel bad about going back to Cuba. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopped on that plane real you quick. Know, there was no he, issue of uh, defecting. Honestly, Peace. we were doing no, get me the freak we out of this place. The, in fact, we were taping, uh, oh, we were taping our Halloween show. Oh, I'm, oh God. Oh, the one that everyone like, waits for all oh, year long. Oh, you got to see this one. And check your local listings. And, uh, but no, so... And honestly, and the, you know, the audience goes crazy, but he was sitting there in the second row, and I, I, it was so <laughs> you enjoyable see to him? watch him. You're amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm up on stage, and he's right there, and honestly, he was just stunned, and he was <laughs> laughing, and then he would slap his forehead. <laughs> I mean, really, it was like, oh, oh my, wonderful. he had never, ever seen anything like this. Well... 
It's really yeah. nice for you to invite him because Gene and I have known you for how long and I've never, I've never received been an invitation. Yeah. So I've never seen it's it. It's very yeah. generous of you, Jerry. Yeah, very nice. Very, <laughs> with a private car. Did, private did you send a car for I him? I sent a car for him. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, he's a, he's a communist. Dog. He wouldn't be able to afford <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. And we, we love Jesus and we yeah, hung out with him idea. even last week. He's yeah. very funny. And, and, and he was just laughing about the fact that he was loving the fact that he was going to be able to go to this show. Oh, yeah. Now, remember, when we were in Cuba a year and a quarter a ago, ago or whatever yeah. it was, remember you had a meeting. I attended it. You might yeah. have been sitting there, too. I think Casey was. Yeah. With this group of young people. Oh, in the lobby. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. a yeah. Cuban blog. Yep. Yeah. And oh, they right. were the El Paquete El people. El Paquete, yep. yeah. The people the that packet. have a thing called the Packet. The Packet is a rogue, young, millennial Cuban activity, illegal as hell, here in America, would be for us, where they send relatives over to America, to the United States where they can move back and forth freely. While they're here, they download a bunch of American content, creative content. Yes. TV like, shows. Yeah, TV Game of Books Thrones. Books on tape. Yeah, book, all sorts of yeah. games. Yeah. And they go back over to Cuba. And they sell it down the black and market. And then they sit with a computer, they put it on thumb drives, and they sell it on the black market. Well, didn't they say, like, they share it in the community? Like, you use it for, like, a week, it's a dollar, and then you pass yes. it on? Like, they all, yeah. And yeah. El Paquete wanted to talk to Jerry because, you oh, know, why wouldn't you Well, there was clearly to... a missing piece yeah. of El Paquete. Why wouldn't you want to download my TV show? <laughs> exactly. And by the way, remember, the Cuban government learned about El Paquete, and they decided not to kill it, but to compete with it, and they created a thing called the Backpack. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the Cuban government has their version of it, and I asked Jesus just last week when he was in Ludlow, I said, so tell me about the Backpack versus the Packet, and he says, no, the... the the packet still beats the backpack, not by a huge amount, but it does get more buyers. And the Cuban government and the kids in Cuba laugh their butts off at the fact that they are, we put the blockade up. They say, you're the ones that put the blockade up, yeah. so we'll just come steal your uh, material yeah. and go down and sell it, and yeah. it is what it is. One other They do get, well, they think they're getting my show. It's actually the White House. No. <laughs> they, it's they, CNN these yeah. days, unfortunately. Yeah. See, they think. It's a quipster. So they, yeah. So they're looking at this and say, man, this is crazy. It's and then someone whispers, that's our president. Rut row. Let's go back, Jerry, to your youth. Speaking of trouble. <laughs> let's go Way back. Way back. Let's go back to maybe the seventh grade. Yes. Well, so, you'll correct me if I'm off. 1898, 1899. Oh, somewhere. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, my hearing aid's not working. Oh, jeez. Should have talked to that guy. Should have talked to that guy at the entrance chair. Yeah, I'll do that. Again, Ace Verdad, you know yeah, what that means. Isn't that true? It's not true that you were in uh, junior high, I believe, that you oh, right. uh, did the commentary on the microphone. You were the courtside announcer at a basketball game at your school. And if my memory is right, it really didn't end well. It didn't so end well. So we're very anxious to hear this, this story. Is a, and I'll try to do it very quickly. This is a God's truth story. It's junior high school, the seventh grade. And back then, the junior high school basketball team would play their games in the afternoon because what we're, you know, seventh graders with 12, 13 years old. So we play in the school gym, and it's probably different today, but back then, these high school, these junior high school gyms, the acoustics were like a Greyhound bus station, you know, and it was just loud, and so 
I loved sports, but I'm not very athletic. So I didn't make the basketball team. And so I went to the coach and I said, could I be the PA announcer? And uh, he says, Gerald, sure, you can be the PA announcer because no other kid wanted to do it. But in my mind, you know, the PA announcer in a basketball game, all you do is uh, announce the uh, substitutions, the original lineup, if there's a foul. But in my mind, I'm doing play by play. <laughs> you know, and I, I remember the night before getting so excited, you know, making sure I knew all the players, getting in my mind. Here I am, 12 years old, Aww. with a very high voice. I'm going to be the Megan, Megan goes, yeah. oh, this Aww. poor, pitiful <laughs> little boy. So I sit, yeah. so I go in. I couldn't wait till school was over that day, so I could, and I'm sitting there just at a table like this, you know, but you've all seen it, with a, and I'm sitting there, the PA announcer, and I start out in this gym, which the acoustics were horrible and as loud as they, hello, everybody, this is Gerald Springer, Russell Sage Jr., high school basketball. Oh, man. And, and the I, ladies swooned. Uh, yeah. Now the game starts. And I'm going, and Lieberman's got the ball over to Emberman. He takes a jump shot. He tickles the twine. There's a whistle. And there's a whistle. And the, the referee comes over to me, Mr. Sirota, and he says, Gerald, just stop it. <laughs> now, the junior high school kids, you know, they think I'm a geek anyway, so they're going, stop it, Gerald. You know, they're, they're taunting me. So, you know, I, so I was quiet for a while. I felt a little bad, but then slowly I would start to add a little bit more. You Commentary know. to it. Yeah. It stop. And then about five minutes later, okay, Emberman with the ball open. There's another whistle. <laughs> and Mr. Sirota comes over to me, says, Gerald, you're out of here. And I was escorted out of the junior high, Russell Sage Junior High School gym. I, as the kids are hooting and hollering, and they walk me out of the gym. When I went to a high school reunion 20 years later. They remembered that. Yeah, one of the guys came up to me, and he says, weren't you the kid that cut, tossed out the PA announcer? The guy, how do you remember that? Oh, my God. So your, your illustrious career story. started in seventh grade. Yeah. Next episode, we should do the top three things people remember about Jerry. That will be interesting, won't it, well, Megan? And then the boot camp story of him. Yeah. You, you got in trouble at boot camp. Yeah. You get, where did Let's you not get do the top yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, you know what I have in mind. Not right? do yeah. <laughs> well, and then you got. <laughs> I think we can stop at the two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's, and let's bring uh, Casey Campbell into this. Uh oh. What'd he do? Where's Casey? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> How do I fit into this? Yeah. Uh, Megan, do you realize Casey is getting married yeah. this nice. weekend? weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's hear it for Casey Campbell. Yes. Yep. I went shopping for my dress and for Frank's clothes today. Yeah. <laughs> he's our music coordinator and he's a folk singer, songwriter, plays in yeah. uh, several groups. He's uh, quite amazing. We're very lucky. This to could be at the last uh, episode of him having a deep voice. Uh, 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 see? <laughs> yeah. Don't encourage it, ladies yeah, and don't. gentlemen. Just don't. Some of this is a joke. There. <laughs> Some of it's not. <laughs> you really Hello, are. everybody. 
I think Casey ran away. Oh he doesn't even want to talk God. to me, Chief. <laughs> uh, oh. So, uh, <laughs> why in the hell is Donald Trump picking a fight with every Republican he knows, seems to be? Well, I think this is how it's coming around. Um, I mean, instinctively, Trump picks a fight with anybody that says something not so nice about him. It doesn't even have to be mean. It's just something which in some way belittles him in his own mind, and then he picks a fight. So we all kind of know that. But there's something deeper going on here. I believe the Republican Party is on the brink of a civil war, a major civil war within the Republican Party, the war being led by Steve Bannon, even though he's no longer in the White House now, he's leading this war with the initial goal to destroy the Republican Party. And you say, well, why would he be doing that? Let me just quickly review this. Steve Bannon, as we've talked about on other podcasts, has a worldview that he's written about, given speeches about, done interviews with about, nothing I'm going to say now is something that he won't readily admit and be proud of. He believes that the apocalypse is coming, that we're going to have the clash of civilizations. He believes we have to get ready for a a world war between Christianity and Islam. That is his view. And he believes that America can only be in a position to fight that war if it is, quote, ethnically pure, meaning white and Christian. And so he is opposed to the whole concept of a multicultural America, which is really the basis of our existence. So what he does is he sees this war coming. He wants to do away, destroy a multicultural America. He wants to destroy the administrative state, which is why initially all the cabinet appointments were people that were going to do away with their own department, whether it was Tillerson to kind of do away with the State Department or the EPA or uh, the Energy Department. Every cabinet official basically was there to undercut all the regulations, all the things which made it a department to oversee our government because he wants to, it's the deconstruction of our administrative state, wants to do away with it because he believes that it is the administrative state, our government, which preserves and protects a multicultural America. And that is what he wants to do away with because he has this view of we have to be prepared for the coming war of civilizations, Christianity versus Islam. Now, in order to win that war and to get to that position, the part that maybe people don't understand is, well, why then would he want to destroy the Republican Party? And the reason he does it is because, you know how we, the name of the company we have which does this podcast is Liberals Always Win, because our view is in the long run, every generation becomes more and more liberal, and that suddenly becomes mainstream America. So he knows the Democratic Party is the liberal party, but what has permitted this liberalism to suddenly become mainstream, whether you're talking about Uh, the great society, whether you're talking about the New Deal. The Republican Party, starting in a sense with Eisenhower, has kind of accepted 
a lot of what Democrats originally fought for, as that's part of America. So mainstream Republicans don't go, go around anymore saying we can't have Social Security. Uh, you know, we can't have equal rights for women. We can't have uh, whatever it is. They kind of start to accept the Democratic or the New Deal view and the uh, great society view of what government's supposed to be doing. So even though they chip away at the edges of it, there's kind of an acceptance of this is America now and, you know, get used to it. The whole civil rights movement, you know, they generally accept the notion of races are supposed to be equal, even though we know on the edges there are people still fighting it. So he believes that as long as the current establishment Republican Party exists, we will never lose the administrative state of our government. So his view is destroy the Republican Party, which is why he has even this week said his words were going to attack Oh, we're coming after establishment Republicans in the next election. We're coming after them with primary opponents that he and the family that has a lot of money behind him, we will finance the campaigns of primary opponents to establishment Republicans. They're not talking about taking on the Democrats. They figure in the end, if they have a new party that is not establishment Republican, but is a nationalist, isolationist, right-wing, alt-right party, that then they'll be in a position to destroy the Democrats because their view is the Democrats is made up of a lot of coalition groups. It's a coalition of various entities, and they can divide the Democrats and beat them. But the notion is, as long as we have the establishment Republican Party that kind of goes along with whoever the Democratic president is, the fight on some things, but generally accepts the notion of a federal government, we'll never get a ethnically white, Christian-only America. So his goal is to destroy the Republican Party. Yes, the Democrats may become the majority for a while, but he's not worried about that in the long run. He wants a pure right-wing party. That is their strategy. Now, we think that's crazy, those of us on the more liberal end of the political continuum. But Before we think that idea was crazy, let's be honest with ourselves. There were a lot of people in this last presidential election, for example, Sanders supporters, who in a sense were okay with the idea that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Hillary loses. Because on the left, there's a move to get a more pure liberal Democratic Party, more towards even socialism. So they were willing to say, well, okay, so if Trump wins, it'll only be a one-term presidency. Well, how did that turn out, folks? So it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous strategy, but that is what is going on. That is why this civil war that's going on in the Republican Party, Democrats are sitting back and say, oh, this is going to be great. We may pick up a few seats. Who knows? We may even get a majority in the Senate. That's entirely possible now. But do not think that the Bannons of the world are upset about that. They'll take a one-election loss because they think they can build from the bottom an alt-right party that I would argue will be very, very, very dangerous for America. All right. Well, thank you, Jerry. Um, 
And somebody who is definitely not part of that uh, fabric is our guest this evening, Blake Berglund. Welcome, Blake, from all the way from our neighbor to the north, Good Canada. Day. Good day. Good day. Good day. Because you're going to have all of us coming over. Right? <laughs> well, we you're going to get you. a lot more crowded. Yeah, we welcome you. We welcome you. All right. Well, welcome. We've not had you on the show before. This is your first visit with us, and we're first very time. excited to have you. Thank you. Um, and so this evening, you're going to sing for us. Her first song is Pretty Good Guy. Yeah. Pretty Good Guy. It's the first single off of our new record, Realms, that came out uh, the first of September. It came out. Excellent. And your name is Blake. And who else is with you this evening? On the telecaster, we have Mr. Bryce Lewis from Kyle, Saskatchewan. Hi. Uh, to my right, the beautiful Miss Belle Plain from Faustin, Saskatchewan. And behind us from the big metropolis of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Mr. Steve Liddell. Excellent. Well, welcome. Yeah. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you sing pretty good guy for us and we'll have a chat afterwards. For sure. Great. Freedom of expression 
thank you, thank you. Now, how long have you guys been playing together? Uh, we've been playing together. Bryce, Steve, and I have been about seven years, and Belle came in the mix about three or four years ago. Excellent. So we've been four years as this group, um, but a little bit longer with the. And are you in the states the frequently, or mostly in Canada? Or we received trying? our working visa at the beginning of the month, and oh, it wow. runs until the end of next September, or I guess the beginning of next September. So we're going to be down here. Uh, work in as much as we can possibly work very very yeah. cool well why don't you move on we've got crooked old earth coming up is this off of realm as well this is off realms as realms, well sorry uh the new records a concept record so each each song is sort of a piece to the greater puzzle but this one in particular seems relevant in today's day and age excellent thank you Kids in aeroplanes, anxiety in hurricanes. The locusts swarm across the plains like we said they would. Whales litter in the beach, needles wash up on the streets, and you can make love to a computer screen for $6.99 a month. It's just a trip straight to the grave from the day.
can listen to more of Blake's music at blakeberglund.com. That's B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Blakeberglund.com. So check them out. Do you guys know the work of Ian and Sylvia oh, from Canada? Absolutely, okay, yeah. we do. Because that yeah. had a little bit of a... He's a cowboy from yeah. way back and a singer. And Yeah, uh, Ian and Sylvia have been a pretty big influence of ours when we first good. started to learn, you know, how to... Uh, Belle and I are both, we have our own careers and our own rights, and she's a lead vocalist with, with her career, and I'm a lead vocalist, and when we came together, we sort of had to force ourselves to learn how to harmonize. Yeah. And it was Ian and Sylvia that sort of... Oh, that's great. We studied as much as we could. Yeah. Very cool. And Jesse Winchester, I don't know if you know of his work, but he was an American, a United States guy, that uh, fled the United States during the Vietnam War mm -hmm. and spent years in Canada songwriting and singing. And then I think when, which president, Carter or somebody said, everybody can come back home. And I think he didn't at that time, but later in life and sadly died of cancer a few years ago. You're the second person to mention his name to us on this tour. And I'm, I don't really know too much about Jesse Winchester, okay. but- you ought yeah. to check, everybody yeah. should check out Jesse Winchester's music. It is amazing. You guys are really good. Yeah, thanks. You guys are great. Really good. Thank right. you. Thanks for coming. And if you don't mind, yeah. Blake is going to be taking us out on Down by the Riverside. Yeah, you'll notice uh, my influence. And we're very, yeah. <laughs> Terry's going to sing I, with you. My, my singing influence is actually Abbott and Costello. Costello has influenced yeah. you. <laughs> well, let's count the number of people who know who Abbott right? and Costello are. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> when Theodore Roosevelt used to talk about it. writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.